Should there be rules governing the relationship between retailers and their suppliers? That question is increasingly being asked as retailers with large shares of the market are raising so-called supply chain charges on their suppliers. It is worth getting some clarity on what those charges are and what they mean for consumers, suppliers and other retailers. Will prices go up? Will we see less choice? Will it drive further decrease in package size to hide price increases? This mini-pod is an effort to provide a bit more detail and perspective on the issue than you might be hearing in the media. My name is Mike Von Masso, and this is the Food Focus Podcast. Food retailers are getting a lot of attention lately related to these increases in supply chain fees imposed on their suppliers. These fees are the cost of doing business with large retailers who have significant shares of the market. It forces suppliers to buy access to large shares of food consumers. It also decreases the acquisition costs for large retailers so that they have a competitive price advantage over their smaller competitors. In the low-margin, share-driven business that is food retail, an advantage of a couple of percentage points can make a huge difference. Share and volume drives profitability, and a price advantage, even one that appears quite small, can make a huge difference. Retailers highlight that the costs of PPE and other COVID safety measures are rising. They are also making investments in store upgrades and e-commerce, which costs them money. They cite a desire not to raise prices as a reason for downloading onto suppliers. It makes a lot of sense that they are concerned about price increases, as they don't want to lose share as they improve their offerings. While it may sound great to consumers that they are being protected from price increases, these costs will eventually be passed on to those consumers, with the blame falling on processors, frankly, and increased costs of business will also likely lead to less choice on retail shelves. To be clear, there are increased costs in the system. Retailers and processors have, had, have all had costs associated with COVID. Retailers have also seen significant increases in sales as we've eaten out less, so some of those fixed costs are spread over a wider sales base. Retailers are scrambling to participate in the growth of online ordering. This is not yet a huge portion of retail sales, but every sale counts, and online customers are more loyal than those in the store. Once someone is on an online platform, subsequent orders are easier on that platform. This is a competitive issue, and acquiring these customers as they go online is critically important. They can still switch, but they are less likely to do so. It is worth noting that other companies, Sobeys and Grocery Gateway, for example, have made significant investments in establishing and growing their online infrastructure without asking their suppliers to fund it. Store upgrades are also important to maintain competitive position. What is less clear is why those investments in retail should be made by suppliers to those retailers. If the store enhancements and e-commerce platforms do not create extra value for consumers, then perhaps they're not worthwhile. If they do, then asking consumers to pay for that investment, amortized over time, would be reasonable. It is a cost of competing in the marketplace. The food business is not a high-margin one. Volume drives profitability at all stages of the value chain. Squeezing suppliers means one of two things. The first option is that product costs go up. These product costs will be passed on to consumers, but the fingers will likely be pointed at suppliers rather than retailers. The problem is that costs will go up for all consumers, not just those of the large retailers. If processors lose margin, they will be forced to raise the prices to all of their customers so that 
all consumers and other retailers will bear the cost of the increased supplier fees at the advantage to those large retailers. Price increases can come in two forms. First, I've already described, the price for products goes up. The second is less obvious, but just as expensive for consumers. We've already seen some packaging creep. Packages either get smaller or stay the same size with less weight or volume in the package inside, but the price stays the same. That means the unit price per product goes up. This hidden packaging-driven inflation is also possible as processor margins are squeezed. The second option is that changes happen at the supplier level. We could see a reduction in investment in processing capacity as the Canadian market becomes less profitable, or in fact, some processors may close. Processing is already endangered in Canada and is critical to the viability of the production sector. Farmers depend on those markets to sell their products. Loss of processing would not only hurt Canadian producers, but could also reduce the local options available to Canadians. There could be a reduction in research and development investment, which would lead to less innovation and reduced choice for Canadians. If we take revenue out of the system for companies doing new product development, it's clear that there will be less new product development. We could also see a reduction in the number of SKUs, stock keeping units, offered by suppliers as lower volume or lower margin products are discontinued as margins are squeezed by retailer charges. None of these choices are good for consumers. If all of this is true, then why are retailers doing this? Frankly, retailers are afraid of losing share. Large retailers have more leverage with suppliers and are using that leverage to maintain and enhance their competitive position in the marketplace. They understand that this might drive prices up, but it will be shared by all retailers and all consumers, not just their own. They also likely believe that processors will absorb some of the costs in their own drives to maintain volume and competitive position, so total price increases will be less than they might otherwise have been. This approach puts more pressure on smaller, often Canadian processors. This is about large retailers driving their own acquisition costs down relative to their competitors. They are leveraging their dominant share in the marketplace to increase their share and make it even more difficult for the smaller retailers to compete or grow. In the end, costs for consumers will go up, choice will go down, and Canadian at value add will be further imperiled. There has to be a better way. There have been retailers who have spoken out against these fees. Sobeys, a retailer with significant share in the Canadian market, has come out against them. There have been calls for regulation, or at minimum, a code of practice. While it is always difficult to advocate for intervention in the market, we are hearing just such calls from a variety of players and commentators. They may have a point, as these large retailers are leveraging their strong position at the expense of other retailers. My expectation is that these large volume retailers already buy at lower price than the smaller retailers. This additional squeeze on suppliers may be a step too far. It will be interesting to see how this develops. As we wrap up another episode, I want to take a moment to thank Max Graham. We get to have the interesting discussions, and he does the hard work to make us sound good. I also want to thank Zach Von Masso for the original music that we use in the podcast. Check out foodfocusguelph.ca. We have a blog that is updated regularly, and our Food Focus Trend Report as well. 
You can contact us through the website or at foodfocus at uoguelph.ca if you have any questions or suggestions. We appreciate our audience and your recommendation. It helps us grow. If you are so inclined, give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Reviews move us up the ladder and help others find us. That's it for now. Thanks again for listening and stay in touch.